Hey, everybody. Welcome to the CCW Safe Podcast. I am your host, Rob High, with my co-host there, uh, Philip Naiman. How are you doing, Phil? Where are you at today? Doing great. I'm actually in Northern California, uh, just west of Tahoe, as we speak today. Nice. And we are super thankful. we got a great guest for you today, Mr. Cecil Birch. Uh, Cecil is... Uh, Kind of, kind of uh, a jack of all trades guy. He doesn't just study the one thing or the other thing, and it's not just a how fast can I get my gun drawn from concealment, get one round and put it away, and and pretend like the fight is over. He actually kind of trains and prepares people for all aspects of those kind of encounters. So, thanks so much, Cecil. Tell us a little bit about your background and and uh, what you do now. So, um, so my whole life, I've been a, a martial artist. Um, I never did any, wasn't law enforcement or military, um, just an average guy. Once I got out of college, did the, you know, white collar professional job for 35 years. But ever since I started martial arts as a kid, I've never stopped. So this is my 44th year of continuous training of something. Since I started, there's never been a moment or I wasn't actively training a system under an instructor. Um, at this point, I've literally done everything. You know, back you know pre-internet days, the '80s, '90s, we went by whatever the cool magazine said. Inside Kung Fu, Black Belt, whatever, whatever they said. This is the most deadly fighting art. You know, this is the most deadly instructor. I tried to figure out a way to train it, and usually, because especially back then, so much of the core part of martial arts was out of Southern California. And I've been in Phoenix all my whole life. I usually figured a way to train with either the top guy or his number two or number three guy. So I managed to get through all these, you know, Oh, this system and this system and this one. Um, I had instructor creds in a bunch of systems, a lot of Filipino martial arts, Indonesian martial arts, number of modern American eclectic street fighting arts. Um, I did that for a very long time. And eventually I stumbled on sort of looking at focusing on what people refer to as the combat sports, boxing, wrestling, and jujitsu. And when I say boxing and wrestling, I mean the sister arts, not, I look at it as the, for me, it's not the, the, the individual system. So when I say boxing, I mean, Western boxing, Thai boxing, Savat, Sanda. Uh, when I say wrestling, I mean, judo, sambo, Greco, freestyle folk style, um, all that stuff, all of it as you know, that all has a, some validity in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And the, and the main reason is because it works. I don't, there's no, there's no taking it on faith with the combat sports. I know what it's like to get punched. I know what it's like to get choked out. I know what it's like to get hit with the planet. And I know what it's like to do it to people. There's no, I don't have to take it on faith. And I always thought it was funny that so many martial arts base their, uh, their self-defense chance on on faith uh, you know that's the wrong time that's the you know yeah this art uh this art helped repel pirates in southeast asia 300 years ago cool it may very well be true but i can't practice it the same way i can't rip out guys throats i can't attack their eyes carry, you can't carry two coconuts everywhere you go exactly right? exactly and I, I it would be cool though that'd be pretty cool i'd i but i'd i'd probably be more like the monty python the holy grail with the coconuts more than using it as a, as an offensive weapon. As long as they don't count um, you in French, you're okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it just never, I, I, and it's fine. And, and, and I'm not denigrating those systems that do it. It's just, I'm not going to base my well being or the well being of my loved ones on faith. I want to know this stuff works. Um, so that's what I focused on about the last 25 plus years or so. I've been doing jujitsu for 30 and I, I was doing boxing and Thai boxing in the, in the mid eighties. I did a bunch of boxing smokers here in Phoenix in 80, right at the end of college. So 87, 88, I did a few boxing smokers and stuff. So I've been doing it for a long time, but it was about after the last 25 ish to 30 years that I kind of figured out that should be the core of my self-defense system. Cause I know this stuff works. Then it just becomes a question of how do we integrate this into a modern self-defense paradigm? weapons involved either on either side or both uh multiple opponents and what are the legal ramifications 
of doing this because the only people worse than gun guys at understanding legal stuff is martial artists. Yep. At least gun guys, we've got we've got Masada Ayub and guys like that, you know, preaching in the gun community that some people listen to. We don't have the equivalent of any of those guys in the martial arts world. So, you know, you get martial artists, you literally I've had people tell me this. No, I don't carry a gun. Cecil, you shouldn't be doing that gun stuff. You know, it'll get you in trouble, you know, if you have to shoot somebody. But it's okay for me to carry eight knives and shove all eight of them to a guy's head. There's no legal consequences for that. And you go, what? What world are you living in? You know, so so you so I've had to the last 25 years or so. It's how do how does this all work together? And then I stumbled on teaching it and doing the traveling roadshow gig. And then it became, how do we then take all that and pass it on to somebody who can't train three, four, five hours a day, five days a week, you know, who's got a limited time. How do we get the same information across in the most efficient way? So it's this, it's this interesting journey where I went from a very selfish starting point of me, 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 what works for me to now a good chunk of my life is. How do I make this better for the next guy? How do I make this better for my students? Which part of me goes, no, stop doing that. You got to concentrate on yourself. But I do like teaching. I didn't think I was going to be, a, a, I never set out to be a teacher. You know, um, it just, I, it sort of fell into my lap and I happened to really dig it. Well, I I like to, to, to give credit where credit is due. Um, I've, I've trained stuff my whole life. Um, I'm 53 years into it now, almost 54. And it's it's just been a way of life for me and my brother and the guys I grew up with. Um, the town that I grew up in, Midwest City, Oklahoma, was like the hotbed in the world for high school wrestling. I mean, it just was. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. And, I wound up coaching there before I was a oh. cop. And when I left, we had won 19 state titles in 23 years and two national championships. Wow. Um, pretty salty kids. Yep. And my interest into JITS was the simple fact that there were things there that, that I could integrate into grappling, into, into wrestling. Um, whether that was folk style or, or freestyle or Greco. And it was things that weren't in the norm in the wrestling world, unless yeah. you went to like an Eastern Bloc country and yep. they, they were utilizing a lot of stuff like that. They incorporated yep. a lot of judo and sambo things yep. in. Yep. Um, but it was such a big deal for me just to kind of give my guys a little bit, you know, we're, we're going to throw something at you that you've never seen before. So you haven't worked any kind of counter stuff. But when I became a cop, um, I was just astounded. My stand-up game is good. Um, I, if you want to strike, we can strike. And if you want to, if you want to go take downs, we can go take downs. I was, I was comfortable walking into the police Academy because I can defend myself. There's lots of guys that came in there that had nothing, uh, you know, not even boxing in the military or, yep. uh, or, you know, they trained on handguns before, but I mean, just no skills. Everybody's coming in just really with nothing to offer really. That That's not true. Cause it's like K one, right? I mean, this is jumping roundhouse kick. This is flying kung fu kick. I mean, X Y Y Y smash X Y. <laughs> um, but you're right, right? But I mean, but see, but that's an important point, and that's why my own basis has been the combat sports is because I know you know you knew nobody had to tell you, nobody had to convince you that you could fight. There was no oh man. Man, you see this dude on the street, man, he better be walking in fear of you. It's like, you didn't have to have that guy pumping you up. You knew because you did it all the time. Yes. And that, that, that confidence comes out because it's not an outward 
directed ego. It's an inward directed confidence. And you go, I know I don't have to worry. You don't, you, you get away from being a fear biter um, because you, you know, you truly know it's like, ah, this guy, I don't have to worry about this guy. I fight tougher guys than this. I fight younger guys. I fight bigger guys. I fight um, more experienced guys than this, you know, three, four days a week at the Academy on the mats spar in the ring. I don't have to, this doesn't bother me. Yes. Whereas, whereas so much other of the martial arts I had done before that, it was very theoretical, man. Yeah. See, so man, if, when it goes full blast like this, you're going to be able to turn it on and really kill somebody. And you go, and you know, there's the voice in the back of your head that goes, really? How do I know? Yeah. What if not? There's no what ifs. It always in, comes down to, I mean, the famous quote by Mike Tyson, yeah. everybody has a plan till they get hit, right? Yeah, and exactly. How many times have you seen guys in, well, I mean, the first couple of seasons of a UFC, you know, somebody might have a very skilled set in striking, but they get in against somebody that's a sumo guy and it's, yep. <laughs> it doesn't work, you know? Yep. It doesn't work. Whereas all the combat sports from day one, when you step foot in a, in a, in a gym, in a school where it's teaching one at some combat sport, you're doing it from day one. There's some level of physical pressure and, and oppositional will from the beginning. So then when you, when it actually does happen, it's, it's, it's the difference between 95% and a hundred percent, you go, eh, whatever. It's not the difference between 2% and 100%. And in that case, now it's like, oh, and every you panic. You don't know what to do. You're scared to death. You know, again, you're a fear biter. You're more likely to strike out. You're more likely to use excessive force. You're, you're, you're more likely to use force when it's not warranted. You know, um, you know, and my, and my, my late close brother William April always talked about his thing was deselection. He goes, you know, bad guys have a very straightforward binary choosing system for victims. It's yes or no. He goes, there's no maybe in theirs. If it's a maybe, it's a no. And so if you're, if there's, you're giving off some signal that you're not prey, just, it might be so low key that it's even hard to define, but the bad guys know it. And they look at you and they go, nah, I want to wait for somebody who's giving off yes vibes. Right. And, and that comes out, um, you know, before the show, we were talking about Paul Sharp and, and he and I discussing stuff. One of the things he and I talked about like 2007 was what's fascinating is the more you train, the deeper dive you go into legitimate fighting stuff the less likely you are to use it for real. Because yeah. number one, you're spending more of your time, more of your free stupid time, instead of at the bars or getting into trouble, you're on the mats, you're in the gym, you're you're lifting weights, you're running, you're doing all that stuff, so you're occupied. But the other aspect, again, is that comes out. There's something, and I don't want to go, oh, it's, you know, warrior projecting. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. But you know, you 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 know, in your heart of hearts and you project that outwards, bad guys figure that out, right? Bad guys are awesome at being able to tell who's a victim and who's not. And all you have to do is just send out that little sonar ping to say, I'm not pure prey. And they're like, okay, cool. Pass you by. Well, they're, they are some of the foremost experts in the world at reading body language. Yep. They, they, it, it's a shark thing. I mean, they, they just see it. And one of our owners, Phil knows him, um, Stan Campbell. And, well, and Mike Darter as well. Um, we all worked really aggressive street teams and, and focused on narcotics and gangs and stuff like that. And we would have upper command all the time asking why we know you guys do this stuff all the time. Why why are your uses of force not up like this guy's over here? And it's like, well, we can teach them all the technique in the world, but I can't teach them to look. Yep. And that's really where it, where it begins is, you know, it, it's kind of a street thing, but you'll, you'll hear those kids saying real nose real. Yep. hundred percent. And, and they, 
And they might never be able to, like, if you asked them, well, describe that. They might never be able to articulate any of it. Yes. They'll just say real knows real because they do. Yes. It's an, it's an right. inherent intrinsic, whatever you want to call it, aura or whatever, vibe, energy, whatever. But they pick up on it because, like you said, they do it all the time. They have to to survive. They live they live in the animal kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it is. I mean, they know where the weak one at is and yeah. they know that that's where they're going to, going to focus their attack. They know every, they, it is the animal kingdom. Yep. hundred percent. So that's, that's the biggest deal to me is, is training people to learn how to not be a victim. Yep. You don't have to be Billy badass, but, nope. but let's at least get you in the right lane to where, you know, that, you know, as you're walking past somebody, in the parking lot at the mall, you know, something benign. And all of a sudden there's something that makes you uncomfortable. So you put your head down and you're sub submissive already. And, yep. and don't do that. It's like lock eyes with them and, and tell them good afternoon. Hey, yep. how are you doing? Yep. Um, Maybe a good exercise would be to go to a Walmart or a Home Depot in the parking lot with somebody like that and say, okay, you pick out like two, you pick out who is prey and who's not, you know, yep. look. Just see, yeah, and they'll and they'll hundred they'll hit it hundred percent every single time. Yes, yeah, they sure will. You know, um, um, it's just that's it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting way of looking at stuff, and it's it's nobody articulates that when you start training. Yeah, it just you it becomes something afterwards. You go, oh yeah, of course. Yes, yeah, I have have a confidence that I've never had before. Yeah. And that's my frustration a lot in teaching this over, over the years is that, you know, you get people who, who either because of ego reasons or they actually don't know, and they're worried about getting hurt or like, Oh, I can't do this. I don't have time. I can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, dude, I'm not trying to get you to be the black belt adult heavyweight world champion of jujitsu. I'm not, it's not, I'm not interested in teaching you that. I'm interested in making you a tiny bit more dangerous, a tiny bit more capable, a tiny bit more um, safer than you were the day before. And we're talking about fractions. It's just a continuing adding of fractions. And every one of those is like compounded interest. You get a teeny bit better this day. And then a month later, you add a teeny bit. Well, it's exponentially put into that system where it's projected outwards. And, and, and the more you do it, you're on the mat, you're getting thrown around. Oh man, every day I get on the mat, I get beat up. Yeah. But you know what happens? You also then look around and you go, well, that kid over there, that kid who used to bother me, if I'd have seen him a year ago, I'm like, oh, I fight guys tougher than him all the time. And I can survive against them. Yes. He's nothing. And it's just this little thing. And you try to get that across to people. It's like, just try to be a teeny bit better than you were. You don't have to, you don't have to be me. You don't have to dedicate, you know, a, a major chunk of your life for 45 years, 44 years to do this. You don't have to train five days a week, you know, but just put a little bit of time into this and, and you don't have to train like a professional athlete, right? You know, yeah, we all have to worry about getting hurt. Well, you train with anybody reasonable. You train with anybody decent. You, you're not going to have that issue. You go to any decent jujitsu academy, any decent, good, legitimate MMA school, judo school, whatever. You're not going to get beat up. Oh, you get an injury. Okay, you get a fat lip here. You know, oh, I torqued my elbow. Yeah, whatever. Oh, I popped a rib. Oh, it's uncomfortable for three weeks. You're Got not like, torn off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just don't wear wedding rings when you're trying to roll. But, but I know that. Yeah. I've I've seen it once and I never want to see it again. Um, but you 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 don't have to be doing this all the time, and you don't have to do it in a way that you're gonna get hurt. You know, your ego is gonna get destroyed, yeah, which and that holds a lot of people back. But I don't know. I, I I haven't found an answer to talk to that to that person yet. You know, the one who's who's giving you every possible excuse and you shoot every excuse down. Yeah, they say but they I, still I, are they're still good. looking for that excuse. Yeah, I promise you, you wouldn't get hurt. I didn't promise you wouldn't get butt hurt. But yeah, exactly. exactly. I don't know if we can say that on this. 
Well, but that but that's true. But that is that actually is the way to 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 look at it. Is you're not going to get seriously hurt, but your ego is going to get crushed on a regular. My ego is crushed all the time. I was just uh, at my academy. We're just working this material that if you'd have if you'd have showed this to me ten years ago, I would have said, "Get out of here! This is so stupid. It doesn't work. It's a stupid move." And they were playing with it last night and I'm hitting it on other black belts. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I missed the entirety of this position. I, I misunderstood the application of this position, man. I, I left the, I left the Academy last night driving home going, wow, what else am I wrong about? You know, and this is 30 years, this is 30 years of jujitsu and I could still miss that point. So but in a weird way, I love that ego crush, right? Because I can never get bored at jujitsu. You can never really get, even for the most part, I think you can't get bored in the combat sports because even on, on like boxing, which basically has five offensive moves, essentially, there's always the variability of other people. So it's always new. Every time you put on the gloves, step in the ring, it's always new. Jiu-jitsu is the same even exponentially because we got 600 plus techniques, right? So there's always stuff and there's always stuff being invented. So I love that. It's like, oh, there's more to learn. I don't know it all. Awesome. I can't get complacent. You know, I can't be the, you know, eighth degree uh, Kung Fu master with the ginormous belly sitting on the side going, yeah, you know, don't make me mad or I'm going to use my secret this, techniques on you. This belly has death touch. Yeah, exactly. You know, with a combat sports, you have to put up or shut up every single day. The mat does not lie. And right. so you can never pretend. And I, for me, I love that. I, I just think that's the greatest thing on the planet. I think I'm going to study the death. I mean, I like these fat guys that just turn around and everybody in the room falls over. I mean, oh, I'd love that. I, I wish I, I could have to, that. I need to do because that's got little effort and a great reward. So it's got to be real. I'm going to yep. go for that. Yep, exactly. Obviously, it's real because they're throwing those people around. Yeah. Yeah. Effortlessly. Yeah. <laughs> like their training habits. I think it's his body odor that just makes him faint. Could be uh, part of the equation. Could be. Come close enough. You're like, no, I'm out of here. Oh. Nope. Yeah. Could well, be. One of, the, one of the ways that I changed <clears throat> kind of way, the way I would sell something um, with newer people is... I'm not here to make you tougher. I'm not here to make you a, a badass walking the streets. All I want to do is be successful in making you harder to kill. Yeah. And let's just take, like you were talking about, we'll just take those little fractions. Give me yeah. just a little win today. That's it. Yeah. I'll build on that. Yeah. Um, it's you know, just, you know, that you know, the Japanese concept Kaizen, right? The idea of each is incremental progress it yes. might be one tenth of one percent but yes. each day you're moving forward that one tenth you're never going backwards you're never stagnating and i'm like man what a great way to train for life right i don't have an end state right mastery is a journey it's not a destination and it's not a sprint right it's just like this ongoing marathon so why do I have to get to here? Why do I have to be this at X point? As long as I'm one-tenth of 1% better than I was yesterday, man, how great is that? Yeah. You know, it's such a, it's a much, I think it's a much more real world way of tr thinking of training, right? Oh, I got to get my two hours of dry fire in this week. And, but you know, it was really tough this week at work and this is going on and, oh, I got sick for a few days and, oh, now I got to... No, 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 no. Don't worry about that. Yesterday is yesterday. Today is today. What can you do today? Don't worry about even tomorrow. Maybe prep. Hey, if I get my gear out, if I get my dry fire gear set up, so before I head to the office in the morning, it's right there and I can just throw everything on and get a quick five-minute session. Okay, yeah. Think about tomorrow that way, but don't worry about it. Just go, what can you do today? Oh, man, you know, I don't have any time. Okay, I'm going to do 10 burpees. Great. You do that, right? You do you do 10 hip, 10 hip, 10 hip escapes, you know, just a jujitsu movement. You do that. That's better. 
stand up in bass 10 times. So much better than you did if you didn't do it. You know, there's lots of times when, especially in the old day job after the last few years after my mom passed away and I'm working 60 plus hours a week and just emotional stress of keeping the family business going and all that kind of stuff. I come home and there's days I didn't want to do anything, but you know what I could do? I could take my carry gear off, unload, be super safe, run to the garage and get in one minute of dry fire. Just, 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 just not even, not even trigger press, just master grip and, and draw. Yes. Okay, good. Boom. I'm done. Okay. Was that a lot? No, but man, it was 10 reps more than I would have had if I just had said, ah, too tired today. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I can't do a two hour session. Yeah. So I can do a 10 second session. You know, you just move forward little bit by little bit, especially because the way I, I view it is like, we have so much that we have to at least have a teeny bit of skill set in, right? All the way from pre-fight threat containment, all the way up to shooting, right? And everything along that continuum and the integration of everything, which is its own thing. Just because you're a good shooter and a good uh, grappler doesn't mean you understand entangled weapon fighting. Because yes. it's its own world. So you have to put all that. You have to, what's that? It's it's horribly different. Yeah, it's horribly different. And and I and I've taught it, you know, I've taught it for 20 plus years. And I'll go, I'll go into a jujitsu academy, a really good jujitsu academy with really good guys, good competitors, and good athletes. And I give their training partner a knife or a gun. And then I go, okay, roll. And that training partner is a white belt or a blue belt and they're going with a brown belt or a black belt and there's a really good chance that that brown belt and black belt gets rung up yes oh yeah you know because you because it's a totally its own thing it's it's no different than okay you're the best shooter in the world you're great right you're rob latham you you burn it down but if you can't get that gun out or there's no legal justification to go to deadly force at that moment you're screwed because you've never trained anything else you only do the shooting and it, it, it's it's each one of these things is a different skill set we got to do all of that at some point you have to have at least some experience with it don't don't make the 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 actual thing your first experience at one of these horrible situations but it's hard to train so how do we do it well all right today i'm just going to do two minutes of this and then tomorrow i can get it i can squeeze in a half hour session of this and then the next day blah 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 you know I think, but i'm not in any hurry to do it i'm not any, i mean i'm in a hurry there's an urgency but i don't expect to be awesome tomorrow right just when, it comes, when it comes to defending against a knife i think two minutes a day of sprints is a good defense there you uh, go <laughs> Just sprint away from the dang knife as fast as you can, as far as you can. Cause yeah. you know, like you said, you've got a white belt, you give him a, a six inch plastic blade and uh, put lipstick on the edge of it. And your black belt is lit up all over the place. It, yep. And that's somebody with 10 years of experience. It's just, you, yep. a knife comes into the, into play. I think it's absolutely unrealistic to, unless you back is against the wall to go hands-on. I mean, yep. I don't care how good you are. You're going to bleed a little bit. Yeah. And that sucks. Yep. We had Stan and I both went through a, an invitation only in defensive structure, defensive tactics instructor course, 50 hours a week um, for five weeks. And we just, we just got beat up. But one of the guys running the class is one of the, one of the premier knife fighting guys um, in the world. He, he taught a lot of hand-to-hand -hand stuff um, in the teams while he was in the Navy. He was, he, he was on the teams for a couple of decades, um, had been a collegiate wrestler, had made, made the team as an Olympian. Uh, I mean, this guy is formidable and he'll show you scars. And then just go, just understand, there's no way. If you're going to be involved in this and you cannot avoid complete physical contact, you are going to get wet. Very simple way of saying it, but 
it's it's a true thing. I mean, yep. it just it's just part of how how it goes. Um, one of the things I really wanted to touch on that I think is so cool because you've seen it, I've seen it. We we've all in the in the training world have seen those guys that need to impress. They need to stress you. They need to do this, um, and we lose so many people that really had an honest interest mm-hmm. in pursuing this step yep and we've made it something that they don't want they don't even want to be a part of yep and it's something that i was talking earlier i tipped my hat to cecil on this because he makes it an inviting space he makes it a safe place and it's just get in and let's just let's just make you that much harder to kill just yep. a tiny bit and all of a sudden, you don't have that kind of pressure. And it's like, I want to do that. <laughs> so that's a big deal. I mean, that's just to, to not start somebody off. <clears throat> you know, your your initial indoctrination is is your first training scar. I mean, how why do we do that to people? Yeah. It, I, I, I mean, it physically hurts. It physically hurts me when I see that. I mean, yeah. yes. there's a visceral pain yes. where I go, why? We're, we just lost that person. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's a sad commentary where, where we as instructors put our own ego ahead of what the student needs. Right. And I, and it's one of my personal pet peeves. I think, I think we're at this, we're at this golden age of training now that so not just how much is available and how easily accessible but what's what a wide variety at at no time in history has we had the ability to do literally all this stuff anybody can do within a year you could hit a ton of different things and and yet and we've got all these new people coming into it as instructors but too many of them are coming in because they want to hang the shingle out as an instructor. They want to hang that out and go, oh, I'm an instructor. Look yes. at me. Look at me. Pat myself on the back or I'm going to make a ton of money, which is a joke because that doesn't happen. Um, but that's the last thing you should be thinking of. The, the, everything should be, can I make somebody better? Can I make somebody more safe? Can I make somebody more capable, more dangerous to bad guys? If the answer is yes, then be an instructor. If the answer is I'm not sure, then you got to work at it yeah. or don't be an instructor. What you know? What's your reason? What's your purpose? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and your purpose better be, I really want this person to be better. I know what this art, especially like jujitsu, right? I'm super, I'm super pro proselytizing jujitsu. Uh, I know what it's done for me personally over, over the last 30 years. And I know what, what it can do. And I've seen it help literally thousands of people not just in a fighting sense but in a real world making yourself a better person sense yes and and so i'm like this believer in it and anytime i hear a story where somebody's like yeah i went to jujitsu for a couple months and i got hurt um i didn't feel like i was learning anything blah blah blah. so i left i was like oh we're never getting that person back yeah we're, we're never that person is just wrote us off and anytime we say that anybody can do this blah 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 they're like you're a liar cecil you know and that that bugs me because right. i know it it's not true you anybody can get better you just have to have the right like you said you have to have the starting environment in the beginning yeah we've got uh i don't know we've got such a great community that even if I wasn't in the position where it was like, I really need to get, I need to improve at being harder to kill. I need to be better at my role as a protector and a, and a, you know, the, the man in my house that I can, I can protect my family. And, and cause truly that the only time I'd ever really go, all the way to the dark side would be if somebody hurt my family mm. and I could go dark really quick. Yep. Um, that's not ever my intent. It's always just the, but you know, I've, 
when I left law enforcement, law, law enforcement is such an incestuous environment training wise. And you don't want to question somebody. Well, I'd say something and Cecil might take offense to that or, or, or I'll lose all credibility because I spoke out against something stupid that Cecil's doing. Yep. And, you know, it's so, it, it is so clicky and, now, we've discussed many, many times on on selecting an instructor, selecting a trainer for for our members and the guys that are out there looking for the next step in their journey. And, you know, how do I make this? Um, that's a really big deal. And, and I'd only seen the law enforcement community for decades. And now I'm just a couple of years out and into this world yep. and the 2A community and the training establishment is so far ahead of where law enforcement is. They're, they're a quantum leap ahead. You know, we're, we're still having people stand there and, and not move and, and draw and, you know, take your time and back in the holster. And, you know, that's great for the fundamental aspect of it, but we don't train people to be a gunfighter. We, we just don't. Um, we don't have the time. We don't have the money. You know, training budgets are always the first thing to get to get slashed. And then to get into it, because I've trained my whole life. That's It's just been part of my makeup. But I get in there now and, you know, TACCON this year, it was just like, oh my gosh, what a, what an amazing community. And I'm not talking about just, just the instructor cadre. That's top shelf across the board. But every- well, except for except for, you know, like Craig Douglas and Larry Lindemann, those guys are losers. I just that was just an editorial comment I threw in. There's they're still working their way into it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're following we'll in there. my they're following in my footsteps, hoping to be me. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna get there one day. Have yeah. faith. Yeah. Um, but but just the 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 paid attendees, the guys that that are there trying to better themselves. And the coolest thing to me is looking at all the instructors that are there bettering themselves. Um, and I'm not talking about teaching a class for Tom. I'm talking about they're there as an attendee. Mm-hmm. And this is the very first thing that that happened the other day when they posted the stuff and said, um, you know, the registration starts at 6 PM. Yeah. I was signed in by six, by six Oh two. I'm registered. I'm, I'm good to nice. go. Like, nice. Holy crap. I'm, and I knew there was something to it because I knew too many people whose opinions I value remarkably highly that, we're talking about this is this is a piece you need to go to you don't need to miss this one yeah and yeah absolutely sold right out of the box i mean such a great environment such a great event and then dallas pistol club did a, a remarkable job of hosting so well the last what are we there now three years oh my god i've been so this is that was my 11th TACCON, i think and the three years of dallas pistol club above above it all is the best place to have it yeah it's the best best for everything across the board outside of not being able to shoot like carmine it's the the best facility we've had the easiest to deal with it's it's great that place is awesome yeah that's nice we got uh phil down there hanging out and Phil has actually really started uh, kind of ramping up his his training stuff. You got any advice for him? He's how long have you been rolling now, Phil? Uh, a couple of years. Oh, nice. The uh, blue belt in jujitsu, but nice. The blue belt is the best belt. It's I tell people stay a blue belt for the rest of your life. <laughs> because uh, because well, I had so many. I've had some some major setbacks injury wise, so I think I might be set, staying blue belt the rest of here, my life. Here's the thing: it's the best comfort level of you. So, yeah. 
Yeah. You you tell everybody by seeing you got a blue belt. Everybody says realizes you've trained enough. He's put enough dedication in that you've done something, but you're still a blue belt. So nobody expects anything out of you and nobody <laughs> worries about that. They have to smash you. It's as soon as you get purple belt and above, everybody's like, Oh, I got to take this guy seriously. Smash, smash. Nope. You're I'm, I'm going to make sure you're not too big for your britches, but blue belt. You're like, Oh, okay. Hey, this guy. Okay. He's not a beginner. He's still training cool i'll be nice to him we'll roll nice i'll help him out i'll give him some tips blue belt blue belt hands down is the best belt to stay at in jujitsu it's great. Well, i'm gonna take that as uh life advice then oh, it's the best <laughs> i always i always go back i always go back and go man man i wish i could give back all my belts and just be a just be like a like a three-stripe blue belt just walk around that way <laughs> Well, and you're right. Everybody knows you're 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 blue. Then you are you are formidable. You have you, you're, you're decent. You you've yeah. the the thing in jujitsu is you know we're so used to people quitting, right? Guy comes in, month, two months, and then he disappears. And you're like, oh man, that's so frustrating. The guy was getting it. The guy was just started. He could have been something, and then he quits. Whereas the blue belt, you're like, all right. You might not have started off as the most talented or whatever, but you just kept plugging away. That's that was me, right? I always tell people I'm the worst person that's ever stepped on a jujitsu mat, right? I have I've never had any physical attributes, and I have when you when you add up physical attributes, I'm always at the bottom of the list. I was the kid picked last in dodgeball and PE in high school, right? Um, and I I didn't have any and and I had you know, was born with severe asthma all my life. So everything's been stacked against me. The only reason I get, I got to where I am now is a third, third degree black belt in jujitsu literally is because I didn't quit. I just kept showing up some days, some days, man, I was the windshield, but more often I was the bug, but it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. You know, I just kept showing up and things you get, that's the secret of jujitsu. Here's the, here's the dirty secret, the, the, thing that we hide from everybody here's how you become a black belt just keep training that's it i just gave you the the secret sauce of jujitsu you 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 step on the mat and you stay on the mat you'll be a black belt anybody don't care who it is yeah one of one of our owners little girls i, I say little girl she's a beautiful grown woman now but when she was a little girl i think she was about seven and he, he actually asked her in class, you know, what, can you, can you tell me what the, what, what a black belt is, what a black belt means? And she just had this pretty little smile and she goes, daddy, it's just a white belt that never quit. That's a hundred percent. That is, there you that go. is that's what we do. That is a hundred percent true. Um, we have uh, kind of an open window now for the next couple of months we got jj Ricasa coming out to our place uh, cool. next month um cool. tom is coming out doing uh i think he's doing instructor development at our okay um but we still got plenty of good stuff on the horizon and nice. um as we were talking before we we started up we we want to really make an effort to get Cecil out to, to our place and open that up for, for people in, in the uh, Southwest here that can get an opportunity to come in and get some really, really good training. So, um, Phil, you got anything else you want on your plate there that you want to get out or, or but just, uh, uh, so Cecil in, in Phoenix, do you have a specific place you train at all the time? Yeah, I yeah. opened I opened my own academy seven months ago. I I ditched the the day job, the thirty five year long day job, um, turned the family business over to my brother, and I just went all in. I was tired of being the corporate dude. And, and your name of your facility is uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu North Phoenix. Very good. That's that's our academy. Um, I always wanted a cool name, right? I actually wanted, I actually wanted to call it Kaizen Jiu-Jitsu. That was always in my head. I thought that would be a great name for a jiu-jitsu place. But the reality of the of the commercial world is Google will find you based on how people search for you. 
So if you put your location in the name, you're much more likely to pop up right at the top on Google when people go, oh, jujitsu in Phoenix, kapow. So I don't have any cool academy name. It's just, it's easy. It's Subtitle. easy for us to pop up. Subtitle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, I've had done that. We're just hit the seven month mark on, on that one. And, you know, it's been outside of my wife and kids. It's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. It just, it's been phenomenal. So right now the focus is still building the Academy. So a lot of my focus there is just straight jujitsu at the moment. I'm hoping by the summer to add in essentially an entangled weapons um, class as a, as a weekly offering. Um, but I just, I don't have the time the time and the energy yet. I got to, you know, I got to make sure we're, we, we're profitable enough to, I can make a living at it. So I'm pumping that, doing that, you know, doing the straight jujitsu stuff. And then we'll add the nice um, ECQC level class uh, once a week or twice a week, depending on stuff. I'll probably add at some point, at the very least, a monthly managing unknown contacts class. Because I think that's the single most useful skill that we could have as, as a um it, with the idea of self-preservation um, and nobody ever practices it, right? Number one, it's very hard to learn, right? There's not a lot of places you can learn true muck as, as, as Craig Douglas, you know, developed and created the paradigm. And so, and then, so okay, you get it in a class, you get it in my close contact handgun class, which, which is basically all we do is muck for a day and a half. And then uh, with UTM guns as a penalty, as the penalty if you screw it up, um, and you get it in Craig's ECQC, and then you know Paul ha- teaches it out of MDoc and stuff. Out of that, you don't get to do it, and it's such a hard um, skill set, you know, because you basically have to have the verbal dexterity of a stand-up comedian dealing with hecklers. That's really what you're doing. That doesn't come overnight, and it certainly doesn't come natural to most people. It didn't come natural to me. So just a weekly class of learning how to interact with potentially hostile unknown, I think would be a really useful class. It'll never be a big seller. I'll never, it'll never be my biggest class. I'll tell you, which is the sad part. That's the, to me, that's truly the sad part is it will be the least attended class I teach on a weekly basis. I absolutely guarantee it because I'll get enough people to do the full on fighting thing. You know, let's go with UTMs. Let's put the fist helmet on. Let's put gloves on and let's fight. I'll get enough people to do that just for the interest of, yeah, let's do that. But muck, which we we could we pretty much would use on a daily basis and will keep us from doing all the bad, violent stuff. People are like, yeah, whatever. Either I already know it or I don't need it. That's you. That's 98% of the people. You know... It's crazy. When I when I was in the police academy, <clears throat> they are hounding us about keeping a fight standing. Yeah. Keep it on your feet. Keep it on your feet. Keep it on your feet. And then as you start going through the classroom portion of it, the book portion of it, all and you're looking at all the statistics, 85% of all law enforcement altercations go to the ground. Yeah. Keep it on your feet, idiot. Keep it on your feet. Yeah. It's like we're going to do all this practice on our feet. And we're not going to we're not going to do any training for the eighty five percent of where we're going to be. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was absolutely. And even if your fight is successful, you have to go to the ground to cuff the guy. Mostly, yeah, most of the time. Yeah. Um, and we had kind of our own, you know kind of our own big news media debacle on a use of force that, um, and I had just taken over as the coordinator for our defensive tactics program. And it was one of those that I'm being, I mean, my first, my first academy class teaching these kids and the director of training comes down and says, I need you to come upstairs and look at a video. I said, be happy to. We're going to break for lunch in 15 minutes and I'll be right up there. And he goes, nope, right now. Well, that's a big deal. 
And I said, where did this, where's this from? Where did this occur? And he goes, our officers last night. I said, okay. Start up the stairs following him. And then he stops midway and turns around and goes, I just need to know two things from you. Why the crap you guys teach doesn't work. And what these guys did wrong. Okie doke. So crazy as it was, we get up there and we look at the video and, and you know, did they do anything wrong? Yes, sir. What did they do wrong? Well, we train guys that when you use a, a baton as an impact weapon to hit them as hard as you possibly can. Neither one of them hit anybody like was close to their full ability. And if you promise me that you'll swing like that, you can hit me with your stick right now. Yeah. And wasn't the answer he was looking for. And then he said, why does the stuff you teach not work? And it's like, because we've been handcuffed. We, we have enough time to teach them just enough to manage people of average size, average strength, and zero skill set. But that changed and opened that window for us to where those guys have continued running with that. And I've, I've been in defensive tactics courses all over the United States, even what's supposed to be the best of the best. And I can tell you, we, we've got the strongest program I've ever seen now. Cool. Um, but it, it took, you know, an embarrassing incident to, to open the door to, to get to do that. And, you know, when they, when they said, well, where, where which direction are you going to go? What are you going to do with it? Well, there are certain things by the state agency to, to maintain our certification. We have to do their things. But on top of that, we, we incorporated um, Western boxing, Muay Thai, JITS, judo and all aspects of wrestling and it's not just a little two-week block in the middle of an academy it's something that they do start to finish all the way through um so for seven months that's a pretty good time to get people grounded and and on the right path and i've been so proud with how many of those guys you know, you can go up there on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and it's like open mat, and you got a full-size gym with wall-to-wall -wall mats, and, you know, you may have 12 black belts in the room and and 20, 20 brown belts and anything and everything on top of that. You know as well as anybody else, that's that's a salty room right there. Yep. Um, yep. There's not a lot of not a lot of clubs that you're going to go into that have that level of, of, uh, experience. So, um, but there's plenty of places that are out there. Um, Cecil's has got one. Um, you're talking about Paul. Paul's got a good, a good place. Um, yeah. it's just, it, it's things that you have to be intentional about. You have to be deliberate. So, um, It doesn't have to be. I don't have to make, I don't have to, I don't have to advance a belt, you know, no. in, in the next month. No. We'll never have to. Matter no. of fact, the easiest way to go about that is, is like you were talking about earlier. And it's just get involved, start plugging in, make it a part of your regimen that it's just, I'm just going to commit. Yeah. And before you know it, you keep showing up. And, and even though you're not Joe, the natural born athlete, over time, you've become harder to kill, and the guys in the room know it. So that's that's a big that's a big thing. We we always encourage guys to get out there and and uh, and pick up and refine whatever skill sets they have, or or pick up the ones that they need. Um, but if you're going to carry a firearm, most of the encounters that come your way are not of the lethal force encounters. I mean that's 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 empirical that's empirical data that says that that's not your theory that's not my hypothesis that's you just look at the actual crime numbers and you go the majority the super majority of those instances won't do not rise to the level of lethal force and even and and, and here's the thing that I think gets lost in too much in our community 
when we get so focused on shooting, which do not get me wrong. That is an important skill set. And I am a huge believer in carrying on a daily basis. When I was operating for 35 years in a non-permissive environment, not a, not a legal MPE for the most part, but a social and financial MPE, I still carry. I still found a way to carry. Now, when I can dress how I want, it's even easier, right? So I'm a definite believer. I'm a definite believer in you need to take shooting classes. Go train with Tim Heron. Go train with Scott Jedlinski. Go train with Kyle Lamb. Go train with these guys. I'm a huge believer. Go shoot USPSA, IDPA. Go, go do this stuff. I'm a believer in it. However, we need to think of the firearm as the seatbelt. It's, yeah. When we need a seatbelt, there's literally seatbelts and air, airbags. When we need them, there's nothing that will substitute for seatbelts and airbags. Nothing. But we don't want to use them. How about let's spending a good chunk of our time and energy and thought into avoiding that crash as best as possible, right? The whole concept of defensive driving. Yep. Right? Is that's what it is. It's let's not test our safety mechanisms of our vehicle. Let's let's avoid it. Let's have it. Let's have the best we can. Make sure they work. Put that seatbelt on every time you get in the car, but let's not rely on it. Same with the gun. Have the other skill sets of some le- at some level. You don't have to have all of them. You don't have to be you don't have to be world-class comedian dealing with hecklers. Uh, you don't have to be a, a national level power lifter or Olympic lifter. You don't have to be a GM shooter. You don't have to be a black belt in jujitsu. You don't have to be a D1 champion in wrestling. You don't have to be a golden gloves boxer. You don't have to be like 20 year knife expert. You don't have to be at that level on any of them, yep. but have a teeny bit of skill in all of them. And more importantly, like I said before, figure out how they all work together. Right. Well, where do they belong on the continuum? Because because they're all different. You cannot replace one of these skill sets with something else. Right. You can't say, well, I have OC spray and a gun. I'm covered. No, you're covered for a good amount of stuff. But the but OC does not replace a knife, does not replace an impact weapon, does not replace hand to hand skills, does not replace pre fight threat containment skills. Right, the gun doesn't replace any of that. Hand-to-hand skills don't replace OC or a gun. Yeah, they're all their own category. And so you can say, "Hey, I don't have time to do X." Okay, you know, limit your hand-to-hand skills. All right, cool. But put more time then into your pre-fight skills, and I would argue, put more time into your physical conditioning. Then. Right then, maybe you don't need the hand-to-hand skills because you don't look like prey. You know, you can do whatever, but understand if you don't have, if you have a gap, it is a gap, and don't ra- don't rationalize it to yourself or to somebody else that oh, I don't need that. No, just say, yeah, right now, hey, I don't carry OC, I don't carry OC, so you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll just have to deal with that. Okay, cool. I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not the tactical Gestapo. I don't. I don't get to dictate what your carry and your training plan is, but just be honest to the problem, right? Be honest to what the situation is and go, okay, I'm not going to carry a, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, carry a knife for self-defense. All right, cool. Don't, but you need to understand that there's a, there's a context in which the only weapon you're going to be able to access is a small fixed blade knife, not a folder. Not this, not a gun, not a sap. You're only going to be able to get a small fi- a fixed blade knife out. And you, do, you don't have that? Okay, cool. But just understand if you're there, you better have something to replace to at least surround that environment right. with. And just do something. Just build a little bit. You know, spend the time. Uh, Larry Lindemann always talks about don't worry about the little rocks, the little pebbles. Build around big rocks. Okay, so you want you want to be a shooter. Awesome. Spend a good chunk of your time being a shooter. But then look at a couple other things you should pay attention to too. Maybe pre-fight, strength and conditioning. And when I say that, I'm not talking about like being, you know, 
national champion CrossFit dude or whatever, just having a reasonable level of fitness to get through life. Yes. Right. And be a good shooter. Okay, cool. So I got three big rocks and then have at least a few little pebbles along that way too, just to have something, right? Uh, just train, right? That's what, there, here's here's the sum of the podcast with Cecil. Just train, pick something and train. I'm never gonna, if you're training something, I'm gonna shut up. It may not be what I prefer that myself. Much better today. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just do something and we're all, because here's the thing. If you're training to be one-tenth of 1% 1 better and I'm training to be one-tenth of 1% 1 and everybody else is, we're all getting better. We're all more dangerous. And if we're all, all the good people are that much more dangerous, you know what that means? More bad guys are scared of us. And, yeah. and the fewer bad guys, safer. yeah. And few and fewer bad guys are going to try to to mess with people because they're going to go, oh, oh, this guy's, oh, he's giving off those signals, right? That's, that's, that's the win for everybody. So you don't have to be jujitsu black belts or you don't have to be GMs. Just do something. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Good stuff, brother. Um, man, thank you so much for giving us your time and, and coming oh, you on, bet. sharing a little wisdom with our folks. You bet. I enjoy it. I, you know, I, I love talking about this stuff. Me, me too, brother. Me too. Um, like to welcome everybody back next week we thank you guys for tuning in and we will as always accept any kind of uh criticisms or complaints or congrats or anything else you can reach me directly at rob rob at ccwsafe.com and we thank you so much we'll see you next go around thanks guys